You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Yes, it's time for another edition of Scatter Shooting. I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. This is the show where we talk about anything and everything worldly and not of this world. And that actually, I have a lot of things I want to get to today, but uh, I generally like to start because we we have that uh, intro with a couple of uh, not of this world uh, kind of things. I love it. And we do have a couple of those things going on. Uh, A big asteroid... And as asteroids go, this is relatively big. As you said big. that, big asteroid. <laughs> I was like, wait, are you talking about C-3PO? No, like a big one? An astro- <laughs> big an asteroid. asteroid. Gotcha. 450 feet across, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in the terms of asteroids, it's right. it uh, could ruin your day. Uh, it will come across Earth's orbit on Friday. Oh, good. Another near miss. Yes. And it will be a... Uh, a near miss by astronomical standards. I hate that. I want you to give me a near miss by earthly standards. 15 feet. Yeah, That's what I'm looking that. at. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be a near miss like you're driving down a two-lane highway and a deer's in the road and you're like, whoa! And yeah. Wow, that was a near miss. No, it's not going to be like all that right. at all. Uh, it will come within 3,400,000 miles. Holy crap, that's so close. Uh, is that closer than the moon? Is no. It, okay, I didn't think the so. Moon, the moon, you know, that's going to 3,400,000 miles. That's okay. how close it's going to be. The moon, 238,855 miles wow. away. Wow. So it's actually way, way out there. Farther. Yeah than the moon uh but that's happening on friday all week actually there are various little asteroids that will be denting and dinging us uh but the the one coming on friday is the biggest and uh, some of the smaller ones actually will enter the atmosphere but burn up yeah they're all expected to burn up and and a couple of the others will be near misses by you know a few million miles right <laughs> so again not like you're barely missed a deer out on route 66 you know it's kind of like you know i've thought about this before but and i guess this is similar to like covid being stopped by masks in some respects but like i thought about you know galaxies crossing each other's path and going mm. like past each other mm-hmm. and i thought you know if you think about the distances the overall size like the earth's overall circumference versus the distance to the moon right which is obviously our close closest celestial body, if you will. Right. Um, or even like Mars, which I think is our closest planet. Maybe Venus is closer. Maybe Venus, Venus and Mars. Maybe but, but either way, close. They're cl- yeah. at their closest. These things are still a long ways away. Especially when we talk about orders of magnitude versus the size of the object, right? And so you think about this, and you go, okay, when I look at a galaxy. It looks like a single point in the sky sometimes because of everything so densely, you know, so as far away as it is. And you think, man, our galaxy could literally fly right between and through another galaxy and possibly never hit. In fact, I would argue it would be almost likely that nothing would ever hit in that 
transition between two galaxies simply because of the distances versus the size of the objects and and it like i said i you know i mentioned the the covid being stopped by a mask you know it's so small it's hard for us to fathom the fact that a mask doesn't stop a virus right but because the virus is so tiny and the the weaves of a mask it just goes right through through. yes so anyway i just i find it interesting because it's hard for us to even imagine that and fathom it now as i said those uh this week uh will miss us oh we a couple of them are gonna cut you know there'll be a couple of really small ones that probably will hit and burn up there'll be one that might survive that is coming in actually uh tonight oh even cooler uh that um where's it gonna hit well they don't they they don't believe it will hit actually this one is uh 90 feet and it's going to come within about a half million miles oh well so it'll be about twice the distance as the moon is from the earth but here's the big deal all right we may, uh, because of our pals at NASA, we may have an end date. You mean for Earth? For the Earth. <laughs> yes. Uh, because they are tracking. Can I guess a time frame just sure. for my own benefit? Because I actually, ha- I don't have a time, Oh, but I do have a date. I just don't have a time, time of, of day. day. Oh, okay. I have a date. Okay. So I'm going to say the date is within five years. No. Ah. Uh, Seven. No. Uh, 20. No. 50. No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You've ruined my whole day. I know. Sorry. Uh, it's uh, the the name of the asteroid is Bennu. All right. How do you spell I, I, that? I guess. It's a B-E-N-N-U. All right. Bennu. The uh, odds, it has some of the better odds of striking the, the planet than most one in 2700 oh that is pretty that's a pretty good 0.04 percent chance and this far out you know there are still some things that so you know there is some concern about that however it's not something that i'm going to get very worried about gotcha it's not something that my kids will get very worried about it may not be anything that my grandkids would oh, wow. worry about possibly my great great grandkids all right so when's the date the uh date that Bennu could hit earth if earth is still around I, yeah i mean know. at this point september 24th yeah so kind of the beginning of football season 2182 oh yeah so about 160 years from now well, I'm going to be a hundred. I'm going to live to at least 160. The problem is, I'm already 45. Yeah, you're uh, you're so. well on your way. You know, and there's been a lot of talk. I mean, who knows by then what the lifespan of humans, right? You know, might be. I can tell you, the lifespan of humans is uh, about 160 years from now. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it could be yes, but yeah, I, I just thought it was fascinating that they had a date. That is September 24th, 2182. So, if you ever uh, have calendars that far out, you might circle that. Yeah. Might circle I'm gonna that I'm going to put date. an X on it, actually. Put an X on it. That uh, Red X. That it may, it may all be over. And, uh, you know, they've been doing a, a little interesting thing. The, our folks with uh, NASA and uh, 
all of the uh, folks who are interested in this kind of thing, when you talk about Bennu or some of the others yeah. that have been passing us by, the government, NASA, uh, in addition to screwing a whole lot of things up, NASA's actually been trying to work on some things as to what to do, and they've been sort of uh, wargaming, if you will, mm. the plans for if we have, if we find an asteroid out there that is coming straight for us and will in fact strike the earth. Yeah. And it's of a size that could be Extinction a planet level killer, event. yes, or close. And uh, so they they mapped all this uh, out. They, they uh, did this in April, uh, a war game scenario. They spent five days in April working on this and the scenario was that uh, in April, uh, the Jet Propulsion Lab or somebody spotted an asteroid that appeared to be on a course to hit Earth and uh, and they projected the strike time middle of October mm. of the same year, so about okay. six months lead time. Uh, and uh, I saw the movie and I thought it was a pretty good movie. It's one of my favorites. Oh, what, what which one was it? Well, I saw both of the movies. Um, Armageddon is the you know A level movie, and then mm. Deep Impact is the B level. Mm. Uh, both were good in their own right. Um, I you know I liked A. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them both. Yeah, I mostly enjoyed Deep Impact probably the most because it had Tia Leone in it. Yeah, I I figured that's why you liked her. But anyway. and and you know she she was selected to uh, survive. So yeah. And I liked it because we had. But Morgan she ended Freeman up dying. President. Well, I know, but spoiler. She was alert. right. She was selected, and then you know she and her dad with that, you know, down there on the, the French dad beach. though. You gotta man. There was some that was cool, or was he Italian? I think he was Italian. Okay. Well, either way, I don't. Remember, I enjoyed I listening know. to him talk, and yeah. he looked cool. He looked like a wealthy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he just walked yeah. around like he, yeah. he, like one of those guys that doesn't do anything, but somehow has money. And you're like, what do you, you don't do anything, but you have a briefcase and paperwork like it's important or something. So, um, anyway, the, so they did the war game. Yeah, yeah. The scenario was that uh, it would end up striking and it would strike uh, just the way it turned out was going to be in uh, Europe mm. uh, involving Czechoslovakia, Germany, or I guess actually the Czech Republic, mm -hmm. it, it is now, and would kill, uh, instantly kill about six and a half million people. That's not many. And uh, and then instantly, I mean, yeah, in instantly within the blast zone. Yeah, about six and a half million people. Now there were no real big cities that were involved, so that's one of the reasons. Mostly a wilderness area, but it would wipe out that yeah. entire area. And then uh, you know would throw up enough dirt and gravel Lock and the whatever else. And yes, that you know we'd have a winter that would last about three or four years that's awesome and uh, that would destroy crops ah, in be many areas of the globe and would wipe out you just go you to know, my underground financial bunker with my hydroponics and stuff would be all right it basically the end the end game was that most people would not survive right and we would be knocked back into the stone age about 10 percent maybe would survive yeah depending upon you know where they were sure farthest away from the blast area and depending upon the wind currents and things like that there would be yeah. some areas that would not be as impacted mm. 
and you had a greater chance for survival in those uh, areas. Mm -hmm. And you also had uh, maybe in some areas where there was less population, you didn't have quite as many people trying to eat each other as you would in more densely populated areas. Not because anybody had become a zombie, but because, you know, you got to eat something and, well, you know. Lentils only go so far. Lentils only go uh, so far. So uh, that that went on, and so we hope, at least during my lifetime, that um, we're not going to have something like that happen. So I'm encouraged by that 2182 date. I've just decided the the title of this episode, which normally we combine everything we talked about Mm-hmm. But today's episode will be entitled Lentils Only Go So Far. Because <laughs> I, you know, I just, that seems like a nice, it's got a good ring to it. Yeah, 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 it pretty much, pretty much does. There's also, there's also a story out there about uh, putting a uh, telescope on the dark side of the moon. Oh, come on. A radio telescope on the dark side of the moon. All right. But it turns out that probably isn't going to happen well, of course for not. a long time. So, you know, there's, <laughs> That's there's thing, that. That, that was a whole piece of paper. Yeah, that was a whole, I got a whole bunch of stuff on there, but, oh, you know, geez. I'm like, geez, you know, I got all, you know, sometimes you get all excited about a headline. And then you read it. Then you read it, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, you know, it may not happen for 30 years. And of course, there's a possibility it won't happen at all. I'm like, well, that's not what I wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they're trying to find life and other, you know, and they're, to get a better look at black holes and various things like that and you get away from the earth and the atmosphere and on the dark side of the moon mm-hmm. you know you're pointed out toward because the moon uh, is in a stationary it doesn't rotate the moon does tidally not locked. rotate you tight yes tidally locked so the same face of the moon mm-hmm. always faces the earth the Isn't dark side of the moon is always the, i mean they Call it the dark side for a reason. Never right. gets any light. Uh, over well, there. from our vantage Except, point, right? From our vantage point. Now yeah. you know. And then, of course, the big it gets flash, light every day. But. The big uh, flashlights <laughs> that the Chinese are using uh, up there for their base on the dark side of the moon. Right. Um, they were talking about doing that, but that's not going to happen for a long time. Um, you know, the other thing, quite frankly, that I did want, to, and you know what? Here, what what do you want to talk about? I have one more well, big big thing that I. I definitely want to talk about what's uh, what, what's the topic, so I'll avoid it. Nine eleven. Okay, good, because I I probably know where you're going to go because it took them a long time to finally go to trial, huh? Anyway, um, so I, here's what I want to just mention because this is something that just burns me up. Uh, and I, you know, we talk about COVID and restrictions and all that crap, and I get that it's it's because that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. But Fauci. I don't know. Did you see the intercept? Oh, my Lord. Liar. Yeah. Here's the thing. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, next level. You've got the intercept, which is a left-leaning organization. And they published 900. Well, I don't know if they published all 900 pages. They have access to 900 pages of transcripts that absolutely prove that Fauci lied to Congress in the form of talking to Rand Rand Paul. Who, who was grilling him really good in and a very Fauci direct called way. him a liar, exactly. you know, all like this. Wow! And it was in this. And here's the thing, you know, in hindsight, you got it. I'm so grateful for Rand Paul for one big Me reason, too. because he didn't ask any kind of gray area questions. He no. didn't ask. He went. He was not in right any way ambiguous. He was direct. 
He gave him a chance to recant and say, now, would you like to withdraw your testimony? And he, he just hit him up very directly. And the simple fact of the matter is Dr. Anthony Fauci was responsible for funding gain of function research at the Wuhan virus in Wuhan, China to cause the SARS-CoV-2, commonly known as COVID-19, to become what it is today. And when given the chance to own that, Dr. Fauci said, absolutely not. We were not doing gain-of-function research, and these documents prove he lied. And the crime of it all isn't that he lied. It's that nothing will come of it. He may not even lose his job. Oh, I yeah, he's probably not. Hope at least not under this administration. Right now, you know, which proves positive. Listen, all of America, just so you know, once you reach a certain echelon, the laws do not apply to you. Do whatever you want. You can kill people. You can lie to Congress. You can do all sorts of things. The key thing you have to remember is you have to be on the left. So your your politics have to be on the left, and uh, you you do have to be a hundred percent egregious in all actions because I mean obviously if you recant at all and you have any scope of morality well you're going to be screwed. Yeah, that uh, so that that report that's come out it really doesn't leave any question Not as to what was going on, which a lot of us figured that was what was happening anyway. Well, yeah, but, I mean it's math is math, right? <laughs> He certainly denied it, and I guess, uh, you know, he just figured the truth would not come out, but they'll still be able to deny it. Well, right. They'll be able to say that this is all made up or whatever, and most of the media, most of the media is not even covering it, so it doesn't really matter because most of the people who watch the mainstream media, they're not even going to know about it. Nope. And uh, although, you know, it is interesting that, you know, Grandpa Joe's uh, approval ratings have gone certainly into the toilet, and there's more and more people, even on the Democrat side, who are really upset about more and more things when it comes to Joe Biden, whether it has to do with COVID or it has to do with the despicable things that are mm-hmm. happening in Afghanistan. And I saw, speaking of Afghanistan, come on in. You know, I saw just as the United States promised a couple of weeks ago when the taliban you know you know they've announced that they formed their government oh yeah they well and there's you know it's full of uh, i believe four of the five main guys are terrorists that uh, obama they're actually on the wanted uh, list from cia i think you know there's a new reward out for uh haqqani you know, the FBI offering a $10 million reward for, and I just find this amazing. $10 million reward for anyone with information about the whereabouts. I know where he is. And I'm like, he's in an office in Kabul. Right. He's on, he's their minister of the interior for crying out loud. Oh yeah. What the hell? Well, all we got to do is text him, get your money. You said information, knowing where he is. I know where he is. Know where he is. He's right. He's in the corner office. Right. But, uh, you know, they did not put any uh, women. Weird. Uh, in the government. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the Taliban United- didn't have any women? No, Taliban did not, have, did not have any women. And the United States of America, just as the government promised, yeah. they issued 
a harshly worded statement. Oh, man. To the Taliban. Did the Taliban cry? You know, telling them we're very disappointed in you. Oh, man. They're You've not, not named anyone. You know, they're not and I'm like, really? Tonight. They're not going to sleep. That's going to. No, they're not going to sleep. You know why they're not going to sleep? Because they're going to be out in the streets cutting the heads off women. They're going to be too busy yeah. to sleep. Yeah. But, you know, I. That's. It amazes me that we actually thought, or some actually thought, the Taliban had changed its stripes and were going to do that? whatever. Well, there's some lunatic Democrats did. Oh. And now they're like, well, we're going to. We're. We're watching you. Our <laughs> eyes are on you. Okay, We've thank you. sent out the statement, you're bad boys. Uh, well, that's not going to stop them. They don't care. And get on the United but States. But these are the same guys that want to get rid of guns because that the pe- you know if they make them illegal, then people won't have them. They're the same naive people that assume criminals will stop being criminals if we make the law more harsh. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Criminals are already about. And, They're and, already there. And uh, you know, a lot of what other what people don't seem to realize that a lot of the guns that criminals have weren't purchased legally. Right. They were purchased on a street corner. Right. With the serial numbers. Right. Off. You know where. So I, I just I but that's don't that that's the thing that's where that. the logic comes from. It's the same logic that says, well, the Taliban said they were going to be nice, right? And you know, oh. they say, well, you know, right. we have leverage because the Taliban want to get involved in international trade and all like this. Well, guess what? They are with they China. Are, I was just about to say they are involved in international trade. The Chinese, the Russians, the Russians. The Pakistanis, yes, the Iranians, absolutely, are They're, all on board with trade with the Taliban. This is the problem with with American foreign policy in in its current form is this idea that we think we're the only game in town. It's like no, no, Afghan. Here, here's the thing: Afghanistan is two and zero against world powers, and when I say two and zero against world powers, they're two and zero against the world powers. I, I I lesson learned here, guys. Listen, not everybody wants a republic democracy or even a straight democracy or anything resembling it. Some people absolutely want what they have, and I think ultimate it's, power, well, which is what the Taliban have in and Afghanistan. It's not it's not our job to liberate the people of Afghanistan because, quite frankly, a lot of the people in Afghanistan don't want the liberation. They like the Taliban. Not everybody, of course not, but it is a culture. And we try to inject our culture into other cultures because we have the audacity to think our culture is the best. No, our culture is 100% designed around who we are as a nation, how we rose up and grew up. That's why our culture is so so unique to us, and that's the case for every other country on the planet. And and any, the, the thing is, when you have it so good, because you like your culture these countries and and in a lot of cases dictators believe that we're going to enforce that on everybody else because they'll have it so good too look some people don't like chocolate randy i don't understand it i don't either there's no logic to that but some people don't like chocolate some people prefer vanilla ice cream i don't understand that either but that is their opportunity uh ice cream eater myself so neapolitan Neapolitan's really good. It's really good. I'm vanilla, not strawberry, and chocolate. How do you beat that? Oh. I know. It's like yeah, it's really. But you see my point. 
I mean, I think the thing is, we we have to learn to recognize that you know what? Let's just take care of our own country. And this is really why I think so many people like Trump because he was truly a a U.S. first. I one of the great. I I, I rarely ever think Trump's speeches are great. I think they're fun and interesting sometimes. But his speech before the United Nations about patriotism, I thought was amazing because he managed to state to the United Nations that all of them should have their country's best interest at heart first. Right. Not that everyone should right. just be, Amer- you know, we're America first and you guys should be America first too. No, Ireland should be Ireland first. You know what I'm right. saying? And I loved what and, he said and, about And there's that. absolutely nothing wrong with with nations being able to bind together right. against a common enemy or a common right. situation. But there is, I mean, you should always look out for number one. And right. number one is you. Yeah. And, or your country. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't want to sit here and make a, you shouldn't individually, you shouldn't want to make a deal that's bad for you. Right. And as a nation, your nation, whether it be the United States or Ireland or China, mm-hmm. you shouldn't want to make a deal that is bad for right. you. You try to make a deal that's good for both sides. Mm-hmm. That maybe, you know, there are some things that you don't like about it, some things the other guy doesn't like about it, some things you like, some things the other it, guy likes. There's absolutely and win-wins. They yes. exist all yes. over the place right you know we can do it in baseball and football the right. major league baseball you can make a trade you can do this you can do that you like to make it where it's pretty much even either you're both happy or you're both pissed off or a combination of each right but you know you don't want to give away some things that i mean there are lines that you can't cross yeah and now what we've done uh, and, and is give away Afghanistan right. where we fought for the last 20 years to make sure that the Taliban did not have control of that country so that we could wipe out terror organizations in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. And so now... How, how the, interested would terror organizations be in causing problems in the United States if the United States stayed out of their world? Well, maybe not as much as they are, but I, you know, I don't know. I think, they, I, I think they just hate the, our way of life. And that's I, fine. But uh, so there, you know, you know I think to me, though, if you look at history, we we started it in a lot of ways. We we caused it when when Russia because here's what happened. The United States and Russia were in a cold war after World War Two. They were in a cold war and they had they they were trying to establish political strongholds in other nations. Russia goes to, you know, get communism in Cuba. You've got, they try to move into Afghanistan. So what our job was, we equipped the, what essentially has become the Taliban. They weren't at the time the Mushu Hadin or something like that. I don't remember what their name is. Uh, but, but we equipped them to fight off communism. So they just became the battleground for the United States to fight a hot war using nothing but Afghan bodies. And that's the problem. This is why well, if I'm an Afghani, I hate Russia and I hate the United States. And they've uh, pretty much kicked both our butts. But Exactly. You know, the other problem with Afghanistan and in some other parts of the country is the uh, tribalism that right. exists there. So you don't really have a, a full national identity. Sure. You know, you have various factions within 
the the people who live there and they're all kind of well looking out for number one so right. to speak and they all have different wants and desires and needs and things like that it's difficult to get anybody to agree okay this is what we want together mm-hmm. uh, which also makes it a, a problem and i think the most egregious situation here is that we've been had been over there fighting for 20 years Mm -hmm. and now we've flown away left american citizens stranded in afghanistan we've wasted blood and treasure and the new taliban government of afghanistan will be formally inaugurated or whatever they do over there on of all days saturday Mm. the 20th anniversary Mm -hmm. of the attacks on 9-11 some that some of those guys over there played a role in and so i i just that just and there have been several people who have said some I listened to today that uh, President Biden, because of his decision to get out of there the way he did and when he did, should not attend any of the 9-11 ceremonies, especially the ones in New York and Washington, D.C. and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, because some people are saying that his actions have allowed the Taliban to take over afghanistan and become stronger than they've ever been because they have now they have an addition to their themselves that 85 billion dollars in the united states war apparatus uh and so they're going to be stronger than they ever have been and they're being formally put into office on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 which of course is saturday right and uh Mushu Hadin, by the way, is what I I said Mushu. Um, Mushu. <laughs> big difference, right? Big, yes. Uh and there are now seventeen new documentaries that have been produced about nine eleven. And I was binge watching one of them yesterday, the one on uh that National Geographic has put together, nine eleven. Uh a day in America, which is told from survivors' mm. points of view, surviving firefighters, police officers, uh, citizens, people who were in the tower, a couple people who survived inside the tower mm. and were able to get out after it collapsed wow. or it, they collapsed. And uh, it is extraordinarily well done Hmm. and of course they've been gathering materials basically for 20 years and convincing people to do interviews that they didn't want to do talking about you know their loved ones who were lost or found uh, for that matter in inside the rubble and last conversations and what all, all of that was like and i think that we have here in this country even though we honor the 9-11 anniversary 
every year with remembrance ceremonies. I think we've really kind of become numb to it Mm -hmm. that we don't pay as much attention to it as we did. And for basically an entire generation of Americans, they're not really familiar with it. Right. They only only know it based on what they've seen on television. If they've seen anything on television, they may not pay any attention to it. For people like you and me, we lived through it mm-hmm. and um and it was an extraordinarily scary time mm-hmm. and i remember exactly what i was doing and what happened much like you know i remember you know even though i was just a, you know i was what was i six years old i still remember vividly the kennedy assassination yeah and you know what that was like but you know and and so it's for me and you and others of our age it's a visceral thing mm-hmm. and you start thinking about it you spend even a little bit of time actually thinking about that day mm-hmm. you all of a sudden you know tears will come to your eyes or mine anyway and you just you go back to that place uh, briefly mm-hmm. and I was in a house uh, on College Street in Bethany, little 900 square foot house. I had was there. I had my uh, two boys that were babies, two and one and two, something like that. Yeah, two and one. Um, and I just remember I, just watching the news, going, "What's going? Like, is this an accident?" And then the second plane hit, and there was no mm-hmm. question. And you just think, golly, I remember the the feeling of patriotism, you know, um, was it Pat Tillman? Is that who I'm thinking of? That that college football or pro football the player? former Arizona Cardinal. Yes. Who, who ended up losing his life. Lost his life, there. but he enlisted out of... 9-11. Out of 9-11. And you look Much at... Much like people did. Many in my people did. Dad's yeah. generation right. after Pearl Harbor. That's right. You know, my dad, my dad enlisted in the army a couple days after Pearl Harbor. Yeah. He and a bunch of his buddies. Mm. And you look at things like that and you think about, I don't think that would happen today. I, I think it would happen with a bunch of 35 to 40 year olds, but I do not think you'd find 20 year olds enlisting. I don't think there's anything big enough that could happen in this country that would cause it. And that, is a it's sad it is it it is but i was in muskogee that day we were doing a story on a an elementary school that had just started a a new program for underachieving kids and you know they're trying to do some special things and we were just doing our you know shooting some video and doing some interviews and uh uh you know, and then word kind of started drifting around, and and some people turned on a couple of TVs, and then you know it was kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure exactly what it was. You know, I remember the TV came on, and the and the you know one of the and the uh, the North Tower, I guess, was the one that was hit first. If I remember, and it was the same thing. You know what what the heck was going on? Explosion? Did something hit? Well, you know, what happened? And everything was, you weren't sure, you know, mm-hmm. and, you, and then, and then, 
you know, we were ha- happened to be watching it when the second, when the other plane came in. Mm-hmm. And you could immediately see that it was a large aircraft, you know, passenger jet. Right. Flying right into it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then everybody realized. And so they let school, they were contacting parents and school was ended. And I called my still wife at the time and just said, you know, and she was at home and watching and had heard what was going on because some of the neighbors had called, I guess. And mm-hmm. I just said, you know, hey, I love you and the kids. And my son was four or five, five I guess, and Jacqueline was one. And I said, I'll be home when I can. We're in Muskogee and we're going to, we were going to the federal courthouse at that point. Mm. You know, they were sending us over there to see what was, you know, going on. And we were going to do something else when I got back to the city. Mm. And, uh, and I remember we stopped because in those days, the price of gas was 89 cents. Okay. I was going to say around a dollar, yeah. a little less. I just really remember. Okay, I, I get it. But I remember we got gas because for the drive back. And uh, and, and it, I guess it was later in the day that the Attorney General's office put out the anti-gouging mm-hmm. stuff because the price of gas had gone from 89 cents a gallon. Two to, bucks. Something well, right. over in Muskogee, over. it was over $4. Was it really? Oh, yes. wow. Yes, that afternoon when we were coming, it was like four or something. Jeez. And, uh, and you, know, you know, none of us knew what was coming next. Obviously, we were under attack because by the afternoon, you know, the in addition to the World Trade Center, both towers, Pentagon. the Pentagon had been hit, and then another aircraft. Down in Pennsylvania. Down in Pennsylvania, which, you know, people thought it was headed for the White House or the Capitol or mm-hmm. something like that. And it turns out, you know, those the passengers on flight 93 were you know the first heroes of 9/11 or among the mm. first heroes of 9/11 uh, because you know they took over barged into the cockpit and crashed the plane mm. you know into the ground in Pennsylvania mm. and uh, and so you know now it's all back to it's worse than what it was mm mm-hmm. mhm and so, you know, you and we've, we've done that before. Right. You know, we, my opinion, and you know, it's, I hate to say, I hate to say this, but I don't, I can't logically come to any other uh, conclusion. We haven't really tried to win a war. And I mean, win a war right kick somebody's butt right in a war win a war since world war ii since world war ii yep yes when in world war ii we did not care how much destruction we rained down upon germany and japan didn't Mm -hmm. care because of what was going on what had happened Mm mm-hmm we did not care. All we cared about was we're going to kick your butt mm-hmm. and you are going to surrender because we are going to be hammering on you until you cannot take it anymore. Right. And you are going to come crawling to us with the white flag. Mm-hmm. 
we don't do that anymore no you know we're more like oh jeez sure would be great if you guys would might stop. get hurt yeah that shouldn't and in a war i mean i again i hate to say these things but when you are in a wartime situation you can't worry about that kind of stuff right you just can't because the people because they're not the other side right. isn't right the other side doesn't care but this the is, other side have proven that they don't this care. is just like what happened during the revolutionary war we've just become the british you know a the, lot of ways we have i mean you know what i'm saying yes. the british come over here and they do their lines and mm -hmm. they they get all ready to do fight war civilized right and we, we were into guerrilla fighting right we just said okay that's the leader let's kill him first right why? Because we weren't we weren't worried about freaking rules, right? We're fighting for our lives, right? Right, and, and we were difference. and we were also outgunned, right? And uh, you know we had we 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 could you know more than likely because you know everybody who was over here then came from England for the most part, right? That's how they were used to fighting wars mm -hmm. civilly. You're going to march down the road. You're going to be in perfect lines you're going to look really good and so's the other guy and you're, a lot of people are going to die and a lot of people are going to die and you know we decided well you know what we can't fight a war that well we can fight a war that way but we're, we're going to get we're going to lose really quickly right and so they decided well you know while the redcoats <laughs> are marching in broad daylight and you know they're they were called the redcoats for a reason right in their nice shiny red coats right were you that you can see from miles very away camouflaged <laughs> while they're marching down the road all in nice perfect lines and formations mm -hmm. what are we gonna do well we're gonna be hiding in the dadgum trees and we'll just kill them when they're and ready. when they when they get into the middle or up within our range we're going to stay yeah. behind the trees and we're going to start shooting at them like they're not going to know what hit them. Right. It's funny to me because that's how we've hunted for years. Right. That's how we get our food and our livelihood. But but for whatever reason, because that's not civilized in war, we decided to line up. It's ridiculous. But see, we've become that. So now we're, we have our own rules that we're going to apply to make sure what? That somewhere somebody judges us as fighting a war righteously? Look, if, if and part of this though, Randy, is we're not fighting for our freedom. I, this is one of the most annoying things to me about what I've heard growing up most of my life that people join the military to ensure our freedom. No, they don't. Our freedom is insured by the uh, millions of citizens in the United States who are armed. What our military has done since World War II has tried to ensure other people's freedom. Yes, and we tend to get involved in other people's civil wars. Right. And that, most generally, is a no-win situation. That's right. And I believe we have proven that over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Because how many times have we involved, been involved in things like that? Oh, dude. You know, just, I mean, Kosovo, just the, Was Kosovo a reasonable win for us? No. Okay. But, you know, the ones that... The, the high profile ones, yeah. Korea, right. Vietnam, right. Uh, now Afghanistan. Afghanistan, Iraq even. Iraq, uh, 
although at least in the first iraq war we did pretty much kick their butt yeah but you know it but then we were like all right sorry here you yeah go. yeah and then uh, you know reset restart everybody <laughs> and i i just and I, and again i i've said this i don't know how many times to how many people the last president of the united states we had who had some real balls mm-hmm. all right who made a decision a difficult decision but one that had to be made was harry truman mm-hmm. because he dropped the atomic bomb on japan right twice lot, twice not once but twice because he viewed unlike germany the japanese people they knew that they weren't going to surrender like the germans did mm-hmm. they would fight us until everyone was dead. everyone was dead yeah and so we didn't believe that we could uh, you know unlike europe where we landed on the normandy beachhead in france and pushed our way into germany and used daylight bombing raids to really knock out the resistance they believed that if we landed somewhere in japan and tried to do the same sort of thing Mm -hmm. uh, that it would be it had been a bloodbath a bloodbath yeah uh, because the Japanese people, uh, because of the influence the emperor had, they basically a lot he was of them, a deity, right? I was yeah. going to say he was a god uh, yeah. to them. And uh, you know, by the time World War II was coming to an end, a lot of the German people were welcoming right. to the Allies. Right. The French, you know, in, in France certainly were welcoming to the Allies. The Japanese people, most of them, would not have been. And so the the most the, the the difficult decision was for Truman to decide to drop the bomb and kill thousands upon thousands mm-hmm. of innocent people yeah. for the most part in obliterating Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. But he did it anyway. And a few days after the second blast, then the Japanese surrendered also mm. but had that, that not happened i i you know and the, a lot of people thought we probably would have lost another million soldiers right and then you know on both sides maybe two or three million mm-hmm. and so he did that in order to end the war and everything was different in those days too i mean you know you're not going to get some of the headlines that you would get today right. if you did that sort of thing. well and two we were the only nuclear power it, you, uh, you didn't yeah. have the mutually assured destruction that you have now you know mm-hmm. now you have what seven or eight countries yeah, there, with there are nukes. several several out there and uh but i guess my my main point in the whole thing was that war is to be something that is avoided right you know is an absolute last recourse but when you decide that you have to do it, you can't be pussyfooting around. Right. You can't tiptoe into it. You have to decide, we are willing to do whatever mm-hmm. it takes, especially if you're dealing with people like the Taliban, right. who have proven they're willing to do whatever well, it takes. And the biggest difference is, you know, my dad told me when I was growing up, he said, when I used to get in fights, he said, it's not about who's bigger or who's stronger. It's about who's matter. 
That's how he worded it. He was more mad. Well, it's it's and, also there's another old saying. Uh, it's it's not about the dog in the fight. It's about the fight in the, in dog. the dog. Right, and that's really the deal. When you start talking about the U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan, when we went after nine eleven, there was a lot of fight in the dog. Right. Because it was so similar to Pearl Harbor. To Pearl Harbor, right. Right now, there's no fight in the dog. The fight in the dog is in the Taliban. It's in the people who want their country back. And, it, you know, it, there is a generation, right, of 20-year-olds who grew up only knowing the United States having control over Afghanistan. That's all they knew is the Afghan government and democracy and a Westernish environment and that's a small portion of that population it's a tiny portion of that population and we think you know basically if we wanted to transform afghanistan into a western nation we would have to occupy it for the next 90 right, years right and that that part of the world uh and other parts of the world have really been at war with each other for centuries right exactly uh many parts of europe were at war with each other for centuries uh there are still some parts of europe that you know don't really like each other a whole lot right and when when you're in a situation like that it is really really difficult to win anything mm -hmm. be because um racism you, is really a big part of all of it sure the the heart of racism if not sure. true racism sure and so you know those are things like people have some people have said we should not get involved in somebody else's civil war mm -hmm. um and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of truth in in that but um but i i would um i i just want to make sure that um that people remember 9 11 Mm -hmm. and there are those new documentaries that are out uh, are worth some time to look at and you know a lot of people have said well you know I don't I don't enjoy you know watching things you know like that I don't enjoy watching them either mm -hmm. but I think you need to yeah I think you need to to you know if you didn't live through it you definitely need to watch it right to see what it was all about if you did live through it and you live in a good life right now and you've got it out of your mind, you need to revisit that. Yeah. You need to remember what went on. Mm -hmm. You need to remember why we need to do some of the things that we've gotten away from. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. There's a line of demarcation when you watch movies pre and post 9-11. You know, you it's because of the New York skyline all right radically yeah. changed right and so you'll you know i, I even right. now i'll watch an old movie and they'll or an show old a, tv show or, yeah exactly and they'll show a skyline new york city and there you're are like, the twin oh, towers there they or, are or not or not right yeah and especially when you're talking i mean it's only 20 years ago there's lots of movies out that mm -hmm. are 20 plus years old that people still watch right. today sure and, sure it's just well i mean even home alone for example sure you know you go watch that you're going to see the twin towers in that skyline yeah and and it's uh you know it's still when i when i watch something like that and, I, and i'll see that it's still it's a little jarring yeah you know when, when you see it oh you know that mm. and um 
but I, you know. So, uh, Kamala hasn't been seen for like two weeks. And I'm so happy. <laughs> You're about to see a lot of her, my friend. Yeah, she's... Uh, she's preparing to take over, you think? Well, I don't know why not. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be preparing to take over if I was her. Well, sure. You know, there are some... You know, depending upon who you read and who you listen to, that uh, she is already president. Well, she's definitely preparing to become president. Yeah, I don't know who all's pulling the strings, but you know, Joe, Joe's not really. But. Well, she's not pulling the strings either. I, she'll just be a different front man. <clears throat> yeah, she. Uh, yeah, she will be. Yeah, she will be that. You know, and she's out there uh, in California, I guess. And Joe's Grandpa Joe's going out next week to try and save uh, Gavin Newsom's job. Oh gosh! And uh, there's more and more. I'm, I'm the betting line in Vegas has moved now. It had been solidly uh, the big favorite was Recall, and uh, Larry Elder would be the new governor of California. Now it's shifted, shifted the other way and it's going the other way the the betting favorite is now that uh no recall no recall that gavin newsom will continue to be the governor well, of the, california the dems learned how to cheat a while ago and they're just going to continue to do that there's no reason not to you know i i've been to california many times i've been to la san francisco the interior of california you know the valley and and, and through there it is a gorgeous state they have wonderful people in most of California, and it is just a shame what's happened out there, mm-hmm. especially to L.A. and San Francisco for the most part. Um, Did you know, just back to the point of cheating, that you know a lot of people, we're not hearing about the Arizona audit. It's not making news right, or anything, right, but right. it continues. Right. Uh, just uh, just released here recently, 92,000 instances of ghost voting. 92,000 just so far in the 2020 election. What that means, ghost voting is uh, absentee ballots that, that, that are sent out. Oh. But are never sent back in. Oh, I thought, still it was, I thought it was dead people well, voting. Sort of. Like there was a lady... <laughs> Uh, she's lived they in Phoenix. Like the old style Chicago. <laughs> exactly. That's the Chicago she, way. This is a great example. She lived in, she's lived in the same Phoenix home for 30 years. Uh, in 2004, 2006, 2008, 10, 12, 14, 16, and 18, and 2020, she received absentee ballots for someone else at her house. Now, she's lived in that same house for 30 years. She kept all those ballots. She has them. Those ballots did show up as counted in spite of the fact that she has them. Wow. Right. All of them, by the way, since 2004. It's See, been a I, long time. You know, it amazes me how people can say that there's no cheating. I mean, let me just tell you something. There's, and this may shock you. It may shock people who are listening. There's cheating Everywhere, right in everything. Yes, constant. Just the way it is. Right now, some of it is no big deal. Doesn't necessarily affect the outcome. Doesn't necessarily affect the outcome. Or you know, you're just looking over at the other desk to see what three minus two is. Right, and you're writing it down. But it's cheating. Mm-hmm. And it 
happens everywhere and sometimes it happens on a huge scale and when you are politically motivated and you don't have the best morals it kind of i mean you're gonna you're gonna find a way to do what you need to do right and i'm not just going to isolate democrats here. no no republicans I'm, have done it r- right exactly sure and so i you know that's why and here's another thing you know when you hear people say you know i'm against showing an id car i'm against you know doing this that or the other and i'm like why right why makes it harder to cheat yes it makes it harder to cheat right it doesn't i mean i you know in my opinion it does not make it harder to vote no because you have to show an id nowadays for basically everything you're doing anyway right you know you have to show an id to get a beer in a football game that's right you have to show you know all kinds of things most people have them Mm -hmm. and if you don't they're relatively easy to get right as long as you can show you are who you say you are right so i don't and so to me uh if you're against that then as far as i'm concerned you're you're trying to cheat right because that's that's the only reason not to it's you know it's kind of like you know when you ask somebody did you murder your wife uh well you know i really can't comment on that so yeah i did (laughs) so she okay got it because why would you do a no comment on something like that right i mean you either did or you didn't well i would do a no comment if i killed her (laughs) right exactly it's much better than saying yes but really (laughs) it's the same right now legally it it wouldn't be but i mean in the court of public opinion it's the same right and so i don't i you know it just drives me crazy well the moral of the story as far as i'm concerned and and i hope our listeners take this simple truth away lentils only go so far they do indeed and uh, i know it's going to be there are a lot of things going on this weekend there are football games the edmund arts festival various other things happening but at some point just remember the sacrifices people made yeah 20 years ago on september 11th and i know just about every event you're going to be going to will have an opportunity for you to do that and uh, so let's for sure remember them and next week next wednesday remember us i'm randy renner and i'm jeremy griffin stop on by next wednesday for another edition of scatter shooting